Hello, my spontaneous people. This is Shiny Boy here, and welcome to My Culture Mind. This is the show where I talk about anything in the world of modern culture, from music, movies, TV, food, and all that stuff. And today is Ticket Tuesdays. Ticket Tuesdays is where I talk about films, movie news, actors, actresses, or um, uh, animated films. It doesn't matter. You get the gist. But today... Um, uh, but today I'm going to go talking about a specific movie franchise, which is, uh, I feel like it's an underrated, uh, movie franchise. I think it has a good, um, it has a good story. And I think that not many people give it credit for maybe because, uh, it's always compared to star Wars or, or, or feels like secondhand, um, second tier to star Wars at least. Uh, and I'm talking about the star Trek, um, franchise, but I'm not. T- I'm not talking about the from the from the uh, Star Trek uh, motion uh, motion picture until I think the next generation's uh, films. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about J.J. Abrams trilogy. And not many people, even including Star uh, Trekkies, do not give it a lot of credit for. But I am gonna give some of my thoughts of J.J. Uh, Abrams' uh, Star Trek trilogy. And uh, before I get started, if you are new to the podcast, thank you so much for listening today. This podcast is available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor, which is the sponsor of this show. So without further ado, let's get started with the word of the day. The word of the day is something I added recently, and I just love to educate myself since I do consider myself an intellectual, or at least I want to uh, continue being an intellectual as after I graduate from college so but there are still other things I wanted to learn so here's a word I just found out today and it the term uh and the word is called solipsism so it's s-o-l-i-p-s-i-s-m again I'm not an English major but um I do want to learn some new words so so the definition is extreme preoccupation with and indulgence of one's feelings desires etc egoistic self-absorption so my take I think it's all about I guess being conceited or pretentious maybe or someone who really listens to themselves a lot where they think they are right or that their needs and wants are more important than anyone else's or it's just they focus so much on the importance of either self-love or self um self-care i guess i feel like this term can go either good or bad really if you really love yourself and that's great but if you if you love too much of yourself then it becomes very selfish so and I'm just gonna go off on a um, go off on a tangent a little bit. I do believe in um, I do believe in the the importance of mental health. So if you feel like you're not loving yourself, then it's important to share you know to have some love for yourself so you won't do anything reckless or stupid. I I never think just to have that motivation of you know keep moving forward. But if you love too much of yourself to the point where you do not care much for others, and I think that's where I think that's where we start to lose ourselves in the moment. So, 
if you are so concerned about yourself, the other person doesn't really matter, which actually leads to the quote of the day, which is comes from Mother Teresa, and she says, if you judge people, you um, leave no time to love them. And I think that if we don't really judge ourselves, or, well, not just judge ourselves, but yes, we can love ourselves, but if you love yourself to the point where you think other people don't matter and you don't tend to judge them or, you know, label them, that's where we do not, that's where we need to add more love to the other people. I know that is a very touchy subject or who deserves more love or who deserves, you know, care at all. But I think some people, I think a majority of people deserve some love. Um, even if like they have done horrible, horrible things, like it's one thing to do not show forgiveness, but, but to show compassion and forgiveness for someone, it's really tough to do, but it does show like who, like who is the better person. Yes, it can lead to some consequences as well, but I've, in my heart, I believe it's best to be as good of a person as you can be, um, till the very end and not break your moral code or whatnot. So, so yeah, I actually find that kind of interesting how (laughs) I did not actually plan that, uh, where the word of the day ties in with the quote of the day. So I think that's kind (laughs) of, I think that's actually kind of, uh, kind of interesting. But anyways, uh, I actually found a pop culture fact. This was actually supposed to be for Wednesday. Um, because I was for Webby Wednesdays, but <laughs> I thought it was Wednesday today. <laughs> so, but I realized it was Ticket Tuesday. So, I'm but I'm just going to share this fact because I already have it with me. So, this pop culture fact that I found is the term meme. And of course, we are living in meme culture, but not many people know where the term meme comes from. So, the the term meme originated from or at least what other people uh, claimed it that the term meme is from the book called The Selfish Gene by Richard Dawkins uh, from 1976. And the basic definition of meme is it's a cultural information that spreads or the um, the act of cultural information spreads. And then the concept of internet meme, um, which I've uh, found out was actually found by Mike... Godwin in the 1993 issue of the Y of Wired, but but the overall um, term is about, and this comes from Richard Dawkins. It's hijacking the original idea, and I feel like that is what the internet is today, where we grab certain content that we find on the internet and try to make it our own. For example, like my my podcast, it's not. It's not an original idea. It's just something that I want to to do. It's I'm not taking anyone's. Um, I do not want to claim that this is an original idea. But for me, I I love pop culture and I want to share that with y'all. And I think the I the term meme, uh, and think about it, vines, um, images, you know, that can all be memeified by an original source but not many people 
know where the original source came from come from and sometimes it is credited but sometimes people forget the credit and uh that's the thing about vine where i love vine i don't get me wrong but it's it's also unfair for original uh original creators do not get the recognition that they deserve and it takes sometimes it takes years and years to finally figure out like you know who started this for example um recently uh i think two years ago um yeah two years ago i watched the film called the founder which is uh, a a michael keaton film and it's about the story of how mcdonald's became a franchise or yes it did not really talk about how mcdonald's actually started because it started with the mcdonald's brothers and not many people knew about the mcdonald's brothers but ray Kroc, who sold um um, milkshake machines or uh or blenders i think i forgot um but but he wanted to franchise or spread the the ip of mcdonald's to the whole world and he successfully did it and he bought the company from the mcdonald's brothers and he promised that that they will get the recognition that they deserve but not many people knew who the mcdonald's brothers were so it's like it's so that's how i relate to that to a meme where all the original content is basically like not existent or at least it's not recognized for its work so that is actually a a pop culture fact that i found out today it was supposed to be for tomorrow but i promise i can find uh, another one uh for for webby wednesday anyways let's move on to the pop culture diary this is the segment where i talk about certain moments of pop culture in my life that i wanted to share so for example i'm going to talk about two things uh, but first i'll be uh, talking about me getting i think it's safe to say that black lightning is part, getting part is part of the arrowverse now not like for example not really um how i would say blending in with the universe where everyone can just meet up every now and then but for the crisis uh crossover coming up black lightning uh black lightning i could say that it is slowly part going part of the arrow universe but anyways i recently watched the uh, new episode of black lightning uh, not to uh today i did not watch it last night because i wasn't able to but today i actually love this episode a lot more than the previous ones the previous episodes were there wasn't much going on really uh i I, to be honest i'm starting to lose what was happening all i know is markovian's taking over and i think jennifer started to fight (laughs) that was like the previous episode but all i know is khalil's back but it's not really khalil he's now just painkiller and he killed his mom so yeah there's that i just had to take a uh, a gulp of my water but anyways again this is like spoiler um spoiler heavy but not too spoiler heavy i'm just gonna give my initial thoughts what i really loved about this episode is is the fact that just jefferson pierce finally gets a new black lightning suit but again this is where uh agent dawes um not agent dawes uh oh agent odell sorry he gave black lightning a watch 
where it's powered by uh, a current from his body. And then when he adds that current, like 10 volts, to the watch, then a suit would come out. And and then, like, it's like when Supergirl, when her suit is, like, on her glasses and it finally, um, um, molecularize, I guess, into, um, into her body, I guess. It's the same thing with Black Lightning. And I noticed this as a trend now, where putting on a suit is becoming more convenient. <laughs> For example, the Flash, he has a Flash ring that is a classic, but Supergirl finally has, like, you know, you know her suit in her glasses and when she takes it off the suit just comes off i mean the suit comes off sorry <laughs> suit comes on oh wow i that turned out wrong and of course jefferson uh he gets his black lightning suit from a watch I, i'm sensing this as more power rangers <laughs> it really reminds me of power rangers jungle fury has the uh <laughs> jungle fear like you know the solar morphers like the sunglasses and of course if you know power rangers for a long time they have morphers on their wrists and that's just a way to put a suit on <laughs> so so i'm just seeing that i'm seeing that now in uh, in the Arrowverse where people are just getting their suits from these little small devices instead of just like suiting up like physically suiting up so i kind of find that funny but overall i love i love seeing more of oh jennifer jennifer she finally puts uh she's back on the suit but she was hired by she has a mission by agent odell to basically disrupt like markovian center base or something because they need information uh the asa needs some information whatnot so i actually kind of like that that and also, it's kind of playing dirty that, like, oh, the Markovians killed Khalil's mother when Khalil actually killed um, killed uh, his mother himself. So, Agent Odell just says, oh, the Markovians killed her, which, you know, drives, um, which drives uh, Jennifer to do what she did. But she wasn't really did it out of anger. It's more of like, you know what, here's to you, you know. I'm gonna do this for you. You deserve justice and all that. So it was kind of nice. And also, I think this is the first time like we see her fly, but not with lightning. Or yeah, because because when she flies, yes, she has lightning. Like you do see that. But when when I think she turned off her lightning of some sort, but she kept flying. And I'm like, oh crap! This is actually kind of cool. I think she's the only one that should could actually do that without utilizing her lightning or let her lightning be seen. Black Lightning can do that. I mean, no, no, no. Black Lightning can't do that. Sorry. Like when he flies, you could see like, oh, it's obvious. He could you could see that. He could see the um the blue lightning coming out of his fingers or his boots. But um, but yeah, I think. It was awesome to see um, them back in their suits, uh, especially Jefferson with the new suit. I actually prefer this suit a lot better. It seems uh, it seems less bulky and more. Uh, I think it's more. It seems more light. Uh, what from what I'm seeing, and I, st I I really like the, the new suit. So yeah, overall this has and also of course Jefferson and um, and Lynn like they finally came back home with their uh with their daughters and it's nice to see them back home well what's funny is that 
even all the girls, all the girls, um, they were just so tired from like crime fighting. And then Lynn, after working so hard in the ASA, she just needed to rest. And then Jefferson is like, oh, I'm back home and I'm not getting any. <laughs> so it was funny to see. And lastly, uh, Anissa found Grace or Grace found her or something. Um, they're starting to spark their relationship, but her as a sh- shapeshifter or Grace as a shapeshifter is kind of, it's kind of, uh, a little disturbing for Anissa, uh, in the beginning, but she needs to get used to it. So that's why I'm, so hopefully we'll see a better development with their character. Overall, I love this episode very much. Um, I prefer this episode from the other ones. Uh, lastly, on the Pop Culture Diary, I've been wa- re-watching the Dark Knight trilogy. And I still need to uh, re-watch the Dark Knight Rises, uh, even though I've seen it. But I I know I a lot of people uh, love the Dark Knight. I think people think it's a more perfect movie. I, I think that's what a lot of people believe so, especially with the performance of Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger's Joker, I still think he's the number one Joker. <laughs> In terms of in terms of film, I still think Mark Hamill is just brilliant. I think he's just such a brilliant um, Joker. But, but I still believe Batman Begins is the my uh, still my all time favorite um, Batman movie out of like you know the whole trilogy. Actually, my 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 favorite Batman movie of all time. Batman Begins, this is the first time we've seen, like, a, a legit origin story and seeing his struggle. And, of course, what I loved about it is, like, Batman wasn't that perfect. His first encounter with Scarecrow was, you know, it did throw, it threw him off. But I just loved um, the upbringing of the Dark Knight and how utilized, like, he had his own moral code, developing his own moral code instead of just following others. Like, he became a symbol, he overcome his fear. It's just, I just love this, um, this incarnation of Batman. Like, I, I, I didn't realize I loved it so much until now. Um, I mean, I did, I did love it as a, as a kid, but grow as an adult, watching it again, I just, oh, this is more, this is more, I loved it even more watching it as an adult. So, yeah, Batman Begins, I think 10 out of 10. Um, the Dark Knight, 9 out of 10. The Dark Knight Rises, I haven't seen it again. But after I've seen it again, I probably might give it an 8 out of 10, really. But, but yeah, I think uh, Christopher Nolan's Batman series is just one of the best. I think that is how people see who Batman is now. Um, or at least the modern take of Batman. A lot of people tease his voice, or like... I was like, where are the other drugs going? Like, <laughs> everyone teased uh, his voice, but it's it can be intimidating. Like, when you're in that situation, being mugged or or being interrogated by Batman, I, I'll be I'll be shitting my pants. Like, I, I, I swear to God, I probably would be shitting my pants. Anyways, that is it for the Pop Culture Diary. And now, for Ticket Tuesdays. This is where the segment I just talk about, this is the main topic of the show and it's it, it's basically like the title track <laughs> it's like the title track of this episode so as you can see i am talking about jj abrams star trek trilogy but first let me get, drink a bit of my water 
Anyways, J.J. Abrams' Star Trek trilogy is probably one of my favorites. I mean, I still love Star Trek Generations, an underrated film, but I still loved it. It was the uh, passing of Captain Kirk, but I just love how two captains just bonded together from ca- uh, Captain Picard and uh, and Captain Kirk have that development. But I think the reason why I love Star Trek, the Star Trek trilogy very much is, one, it's a great cast, by the way. I, I believe that Chris Pine has been a fantastic Captain Kirk. He made it his own, where this is not the Captain Kirk that we grew up um, as Trekkies. We did not... This is not the Captain Kirk that we grew up with. I think this is the Captain Kirk where... Again, it's a new timeline. He lost his dad. He doesn't have that authority. He's more reckless. He's more of a... I mean, he is still a womanizer. <laughs> William Shatner's um, Captain Kirk. He was a womanizer. But at the same time, this is more of him showing that a lot more. I think he's more edgy. But when he finally became Captain... I think out of all the Star Trek films... The first Star Trek film... Uh, the 2009 film was absolutely brilliant i and the i think zachary quinto is a, an amazing spock uh we do see a lot of the intellectual stuff but we're we are slowly focusing more on how he is more human than he he thought he would so yeah and of course zoe saldana she's just great in everything she's a, a brilliant um lieutenant uhura i love simon pegg's um scotty uh, it's, it's just so funny, but also he adds that seriousness to it. He's not just the, just the jokey guy. Um, and uh, rest in peace, Anton uh, Yelton. Uh, but he played a uh, Chekhov. Uh, I loved that. Uh, Star Trek Beyond was one of his last roles. So at least we, uh, at least he was such a great performer. Yeah. Uh, Carl Urban as um, as Bones. I still. Uh, his bones was actually brilliant as well. Um, even though he is an English actor, I, I think he kind of <laughs> um, played the Kentucky type guy <laughs> or the Southern guy. I think he played it really well, and he's very funny, but he's also very serious as well. Um, and who else I'm missing? Oh my God, uh, forgot John Cho as Hikaru Sulu. He's a, he's a great Hikaru uh, Sulu. Um, his version is just great. I love that they introduce, like, oh, he is a father. He is, you know, but he's also in a gay relationship. I, I think that's a good homage to uh, George Takei's, um, as as George Takei, uh, as a man. So, so yeah, I just, I love the casting. Also, great, uh, I love the visuals, really. And I'm sorry, but... I'm sorry, but, um, what's it called? I love the lens flares. (laughs) I love the lens flares. I, it's, it, it doesn't really bother me. It just, it just, it makes you feel like, oh, we're in this environment where everything's high tech. Everything's like, you know, all shiny and whatnot. This is like, it made me feel like, oh, this is the future. And like, sometimes like, even on the Star Trek films, it's more of like, oh, seems like a more tech it's a techie room but it doesn't feel like a futuristic you know setting this like the lens flares adding the lens flares to the visuals i think it's actually a good uh i think to me to me honestly i think it's good uh, good cinematography um but 
but yeah i think the visuals itself i love the look of the enterprise it's just a it's i love how sleek it is so I, you can tell this is a new version like this is not the enterprise that we grew up with i just uh and i just love how the aliens look as well the prosthetics they didn't rely so much on cgi in terms of of what's it called on the aliens they rely more on the prosthetics which is good also the the battle scenes the battle scenes especially uh, especially the first film the attack on the uss kelvin the it was just nice to look at really the visual was just awesome they made space like they made space fighting or space battles like i could understand what's going on so yeah um by the way i realized uh it's the jj abrams trilogy of star trek i know that he didn't really direct the um the last one but i know he was involved i think it was the producer i believe i still consider it his trilogy but whatever anyways the story the story itself i loved how they said oh this is an alternate reality i love they're being aware of that and because people who are fans they're gonna like some people will be confused like hey the story's changed why is it changed and the fact that they're like oh this is still kind of canon yes there are you know plot holes of course there's plot holes there's many plot holes in almost every single franchise not every franchise is perfect but the story um the fact that they said like oh this is an alternate timeline because of this incident it leads it leads to more um storytelling and adding it still adding it to star trek canon like this is canon but it's just a different universe and i still love that it leads to like oh we can reintroduce these characters but also pay homage to them for example when original spock talking to alternative spock about um about khan like like at least there's like tie into like oh we need to reference to the old franchise and remind ourselves oh this is something that we remembered and i i just love these little easter eggs this like it's like they didn't even forget that the original series happened so i just love this whole freedom of storytelling but also paying homage to uh, the original content so and the story is intriguing i loved it and also each movie is its own thing really it's like an episode like you know the first one is the pilot the second one is like you know the second episode and the third one is just another adventure it's like adventure 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 but it's not like this long thing of like oh we have to defeat this one enemy no i think that having different movies with different uh different adventures is just so fantastic to see um i don't know how they're gonna make a star trek 4 they were supposed to make a star trek 4 for um where captain kirk meets his father like with crims hemsworth and chris pine and they go on an adventure together but of course the the death of anton yelchin um it's hard to replace Chekhov at this point they could probably say that Chekhov um probably uh was assigned to to a different ship they could do that maybe but um and it doesn't have to be the whole enterprise crew but 
I believe that it, it will be kind of hard to see them not not seeing them in the movie. But Star Trek Four, I mean, J.J. Abrams talked about it with um um uh, his, uh, Scott Mance, Scott Mance from um, Access. He told uh, them that they were developing a movie for that. But I'm but the problem is I. The problem they did is they did not even touch upon that after that. And I think that was like three years ago. Three or four years ago when they mentioned that. I really wanted to see that. But it might it might take a while. And then of course Guillermo, uh, Guillermo del Toro developing his new Star Trek movie. Uh, movie. We don't know for sure that that's going, going to happen. We don't even know if that's going to be his quote unquote last film. <laughs> but we'll see. And also, lastly, I think that this Star Trek franchise introduced, um, added new fans to the franchise. For those who did not um, even care about Star Trek, at least they brought in new fans to the fran- uh, to the franchise, new Trekkies. Um, and yeah, I mean, I watched Star Trek Generations bef- before I watched the new ones, but but I. I, I didn't really grew up with it as much as like I grew up with these movies and I I think the first Star Trek 2009 film was the reason why I fell in love with Star, Star Trek so I mean I love Star Wars as well I just think I related I relate to Star Trek a bit more I guess because I guess the humane stuff all the Sith and Force stuff it is entertaining uh, entertaining and fine uh, uh, cool to see, but Star Trek adds more, I guess, morality, I guess. Oh, lastly, lastly, on the pop culture diary aspect, oh, I just watched the, uh, the new Rise of Skywalker trailer. I actually liked it. Um, not as intriguing as when they showed, uh, Sith Rey, or the clone of Sith Rey, but I can, there's adding more uh, voice of Emperor Palpatine, the chair, and, but I love how they're just playing the, um, uh, they're not playing the Empire theme a lot, because I I think people, I think Star Trek trailers are always adding the Empire theme, but the original Star, uh, Star Wars theme keep playing, I, I mean, it's a different it's a different, um, how is it? It's a different version of the original John Williams, uh, score. I think John Williams is do- still doing the score, maybe. I'm not so sure. But they're playing that, adding more hopefulness to the, and it's like saying goodbye, really. The final trailer. It's like saying goodbye to this trilogy, and or at least these group of characters, and it's like the end of an era sort of thing. I mean, we'll still get more Star Wars, but this is like an end of an era, and we probably won't see a trilogy like this for a while. But hopefully, we'll get more content. And before I close off, I just want to share some of my words of wisdom. Yes, I'm adding words of wisdom to my show. So I would say work hard, be kind, be creative. I think those three things are very important. Creativity leads to... um, uh, innovation. I believe being kind is sharing love for everyone. Don't, doesn't matter who they are or, uh, what their religion, what their background, their sexuality, gender, doesn't matter. Um, and also working hard. I think 
we get things in life because we work hard for it. Like we have goals, you know, we, there's a difference between having wishes and goals. And I think we should work hard towards those goals and, um, to finally have that happiness and success that we wish we have or what we hope to have. Anyways, that is it for Ticket Tuesdays. Thank you so much for listening today. If you like this podcast, click follow on whatever podcast streaming service you're listening this to. Share this podcast to anyone you know. It really means a lot. It really helps a lot. And until next time, so long, farewell, take care, bye-bye.